and welcome back to Barn Banter with Cowboy Andy, the podcast for children's musicians by someone who wants to be a children's musician. And as always, sometimes we say it's a children's musician, sometimes we say it's family friendly, sometimes we say it's kids music. You know, the, uh, the definition really kind of ebbs and flows over here in the U.S. And strangely enough, I bet it ebbs and flows even more in other places where people are making music for kids and families, which is why I'm super excited to bring my guest aboard today, all the way from someplace else in the world other than the United States, it's Poco Drum. Good morning, Poco. How are you? I am really good. I'm really good. It's, um, it's actually the evening here. It's quite... It's like, That's right. It's That's quite, right. Yeah, it's dark. It's the solstice. So it's um, it's pitch black. It is really, it's very much the uh, the winter nighttime. But uh, but yes, good morning to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I think you're. I uh, we figured out we're about seven hours difference because I'm here in yeah. Mo- I'm in Montana, which is you know on one side, and you're on the other side of the whole um, Atlantic. So where where are you specifically on planet Earth? So, so I live in the county of Devon, mm-hmm. uh, which is a small, quite rural county. Um, and I live just outside a city called Exeter, which is a city, but it's a very, very tiny city. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's quite rural, quite farmy. If you looked at a map, we're on the southwest. Mm-hmm. So we're in like the almost down in the bottom kind of like foot part of the UK, if that makes any sense. The UK kind of looks like a man riding a pig. And we're on like the foot of the pig. <laughs> it's a man riding a pig. Oh my! Yeah. I'd never thought of it that way. And now I'll just, I won't be able to see anything anything but that. That's like Colonel Sanders. You know, Colonel Sanders is actually just a big head on a stick figure. Once you I see know. that his once you see that. that his bow tie is just like a little body, you can never unsee it. You okay, can never so unsee it. man, man riding a pig. Very good. Right, yeah, I can write that down. Yeah. <laughs> so are you are you close to the coast then? I heard that is you're always you're always like three hours away from the water when you're in the UK. At most. Yeah, totally. But we are no, we are very close to the coast. So we're on um, we're on an estuary. So I'm about five minutes walk from the river. Um, and if you want like a beach, like a nice sandy beach, then you got to drive maybe about ten minutes, ten minutes to a lush sandy beach. Wow. And then we're we're really blessed. I mean, I live in as the UK goes. I probably don't live in the most beautiful part, but I certainly live in one of the most beautiful parts. So um, you've got, there's, there's a really nice forests and woodland within 10 minutes as well. We've got like moorland, um, like Dartmoor is really close. So, um, but then I'm, I'm quite close to the city as well. And the city's got, you know, the train is connected. I can jump on the train to London in a couple of hours. I can get to, you know, I can get to Birmingham in, in about three hours. So so I, even though we're quite rural, we're, con- we're connected quite well with the, with the um, public transport network. It's a, l- it's a lush place to live. I love it. So you have to forgive the fact that we always have this, or at least I have this uh, idea that it's sort of like faulty towers. It's always cold. It's always a little bit of wind. You know, it isn't. But you, yeah. you have a, a sandy beach and, you know, does it, it gets warm during the summer. Is that it? Is it oh, pleasant? No, it's, it's still cold. It's still cold and windy. Okay. <laughs> oh no! Don't mistake it. No, it's not nice. No. It's oh, pretty, no. but it's just be horrible. Under no, <laughs> be under no illusions. No, it gets to. Um, I, I I don't know your temperatures, but it gets to about 
on a really sunny day, maybe like 30 degrees, 30 of our degrees. Uh Um, So it gets pleasantly warm, but it's always um, the threat of rain hangs over us like a specter. Like you, it's going to pretty much, it's there there was, what's the, there's a little island, which is just off the coast in Wales, which is, you know, is part of the UK. And there's an island. And I think someone said to me that, if, it, if you can't see it, it means it's raining. And if you can see it, it means it's going to rain. And it's like, <laughs> that sums up, the UK is, it's, it is wet oh. and it is grey. Um, you know, it's, it's very green because of that. Mm. You know, it's a green, pleasant land. But um, yeah, the weather's, the weather's not good. The weather's not good. And we are very similar. And if, if anyone has watched anything like Faulty Towers or the UK office or, or anything like that, they're pretty accurate. Okay. Okay, good. But that's not what we're talking about. I mean, what we are talking about. (laughs) It's a very productive podcast so far. I would would literally, I would, if if left to my own devices, I probably would just ramble on about the weather and things like that. Oh, yeah, me too. So it is solstice. It It is solstice. It actually, it's snowing. It's snowing here. Um, and it's been a, oh, and we can talk about the other thing and boy, it's been a strange year, hasn't it? Oh my goodness. Hasn't it just, hasn't it just the year to end all years? So last night was, um, it must've been everywhere. It was the, the great conjunction when, when Saturn and Jupiter aligned in the sky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, my wife has been, my wife's a scientist and she's been super excited about this. We've been watching them get closer together through like the whole year. And it was, um, and it happened last night. They came together over the UK and we could see it. And of course we came out and it was just thick cloud everywhere. <laughs> oh. Just you could see nothing. And I said, well, that just kind of sums up 2020, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, you know, this one, once in like, I don't know how many thousands of years thing. And you can't see it because it's cloudy. No. But yeah, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy year over here. It's getting bad again. You know, we, we uh, just when you think, you know, life's going to, there's a glimmer of hope, you know, it's got, it's got kind of tough again over the winter, but mm. you know, it's one of those things that for everyone, whether you're a musician, whether you're a, a, a family musician or whoever you are, it's, it's kind of kicked you in the butt mm-hmm. and you gotta, you gotta just kind of take it and run with it and try and try and make it a positive. You know, I've, I've been saying that for since March, <laughs> it's hard to keep saying, try and make it a positive, but you got to, you know, and, um, and it's yeah, it's been a crazy year. It's, for me, it's been a great year as well, though. You know, if that, all of that aside, I think that there has been opportunity for growth for a lot of people. I know for me, and there's also been a few months when I sat around and I didn't do anything to get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's kind of a strange, yeah. a strange thing. Uh, yeah. So, and to to wrap this into the music, you uh, you've released a couple singles this year. I know you had your yeah. first, um, and I'm I. You know, I checked out some of your your music, and there seems to be a a definite evolution going on. So why yeah. don't you uh, just give a give a quick background, like what what's your deal? How did you come into this, and 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 what's your intent as far as being a, a musician for for kids and families? I start I started on on this kind of musical. I've been on lots of musical journeys in my life, but like this musical journey, I started about coming up to 10 years, 10 years ago. I think I put my first album out about, about 10 years ago. Um, and it just kind of happened by accident, really. I was, I was 
walking on the beach with my wife on a vacation and I took, I don't know if it was a guitar or, or a ukulele with me. And I just happened to be walking down the beach, not with the ukulele. I don't walk down the beach playing the ukulele. That would be odd. Um, if you do that, that's fine. Um, but um, I was walking down the beach and I, I, was, I remember I, I was making up this little song in my head, as I do quite often, about a jellyfish. And it was quite catchy. And I, and I got back and to the, the apartment where we were staying and just started kind of strumming on my ukulele and, and put some chords to it. Um, and then I wrote another song and, and another one, which were in kind of a similar vein. And, and around the time I was, I was doing other kind of musical projects, but within kind of a community setting. And I remember thinking these songs would quite work. They would work quite well with, with children. Um, and I didn't really, at that point, I didn't, I didn't have, you know, we've, we've got a son who's four and a half. So at that point I didn't have a child of my own, but I was, I was working a lot in schools doing other types of music. Um, and I wasn't really aware of, of how children's music existed in the world in kind of what would have been, you know, 2012. Um, so then I kind of researched and I came across people like, like Perry Grip and, and Casper Baby Pants and people like that and kind of saw people doing this kind of like a bit, a bit alternative, a bit kind of quirky. You know, at that point, it, it, uh, I'd, I'd kind of come out in my younger years i was i was in kind of punk bands and things like that and it all kind of had that kind of like you know both of those guys are, have a, a background in you know kind of kind of alternative rocky music and and so i thought well i could i might try this so i i set up a couple of, of like tiny shows you know with a, a handful of people and because all the songs were about animals by this point uh which again just kind of happened because i I like animals and the first one was about an animal like literally the first song happened to be about an animal so i was well i'll just run with that if, mm -hmm. if the first one had happened to be about broccoli my life would have gone on a completely different path perhaps um and i did these first couple of shows and they went down quite well and i really enjoyed it and it fit with you know at that point in my life i was i was all about and still am now like all about kind of positivity and i wanted to create music that reflected kind of that PMA you know just just had a lot of positive mental attitude I'm all about kind of well-being and kind of personal growth and things like that so I thought you know creating really kind of happy positive family music would would be something that I would I would take pleasure from and and I did and so I did a I did an album and then all just kind of recorded myself at home and 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 up to to this year's recordings everything I did was was acoustic very kind of traditional kind of singer songwriter um you know just me sitting with a guitar attempting to entertain people um and then it's been this last year that that i've gone off on a diff very different tangent and that's and that's what i noticed and i'm wondering okay so your first animal was along comes a weasel is it was that your first release no so it gets complicated okay i i had to, so i had to explain this to um I did. I did. Uh, I was chatting to Twinkle Time the other day, who I know has been on. on oh yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. And she and she asked me about this. So what happened was a couple of years ago, um, because I am a, I am you know I'm I grew up in the kind of eighties and then nineties, so I was used to listening to music on cassette tapes and then CDs and things like that. And it's only been in the last few years that I realised how easy it was to put your music online 
and allow people to stream it. Mm -hmm. So I had a back catalogue of like six albums. Um, so I put them all online at the same time. So I kind of went, oh, I've got all the, I can put all my stuff online. So I, I got a distributor and I, and I put it all up online. So it, was, uh -huh. it looks like I had this really prolific year where I just like smashed out oh, six yeah. albums, uh -huh. you know, uh, but that didn't happen. <laughs> that wasn't the case. So that, uh, the first one was something like, um, I think it was called A Friendly Fox and Other Musical Tales. Um, and they kind of went from that. Along Came a Weasel was the last acoustic album that I did. Okay. Um, was, a lot, was Along Came a Weasel. And that, that was a few years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense to kind of put the discography sort of into a perspective in that way. When you decided to release all, all of your um, stuff at once, just to get into that yeah. pocket for a second... Um, I know when I decided to, when I finally found a way to get my stuff on like Spotify, I was super excited for about two weeks. And then, yeah. uh, there was some disappointment when it came to revenue streams and sharing and this feeling like, well, like nobody's there's, there was so much, I didn't feel like anybody was listening to it. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. it was just sort of yeah. like ah, cast into the void type thing. How did you take yeah. that? Because you had the, such an inventory when it came to, to, to drop all that. How did that work for you? Well, it's really hard because it's like, I mean, streaming is, it's such a big, it's such a big conversation and it's such a big issue. I don't know if issue is the right word for musicians in general, whether you're, whether you're a family musician or you're, creating kind of contemporary alternative music whatever you're doing it's it's and it's on it's unavoidable and it's inevitable that it's the way things are going like you know when i started doing this oh, i sold so many cds oh i, I it was, oh, those was glory days thing. yes i remember oh, Liz. <laughs> i was coming home throwing money in the air you know <laughs> <laughs> and uh and 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 it stopped and it literally it stopped it it just it just goddamn stopped and mm -hmm. um and i i knew that i was gonna have to start streaming my music and i was i was streaming i'd got to the point where i was streaming music so i personally had stopped buying cds mm -hmm. um and so i i put my first I think Along Came a Weasel actually went up first because um, that was that was just the first one that I did um, when I was at a point where I, I wanted to kind of like look at streaming it. So I put that one up and then um, when I then started distributing digitally through um, a company called DistroKid. So I use DistroKid for my digital distribution and DistroKid basically is is the, the business model that you kind of want as an independent musician because you can put up unlimited amounts of music and that's what streaming is about streaming is about being prolific putting stuff up you know you look at contemporary artists and they put up a song and then they put up a remix of the song and then they put up an acoustic version of the song and then they put up the original song again. <laughs> and it's like you know and, it, and streaming is much more about that and when you start and you just put up an album of tracks and they're not on any playlists it's not really on anyone's radar because maybe your current fan base are the ones who bought those few cds or maybe they're listening on youtube or something like that they're watching your videos and it takes a lot of time and it's not that you know i've realized this that it's not that thing of you kind of go 
I'm gonna, you know, unless maybe you're, you know, you're someone in the family music world, like the Okie Dokie Brothers or someone like that. I, I think the, the idea of putting an album onto stream on the Friday and then you check back on the Monday and you're like, well, I've had like hundreds of thousands of streams. It just mm -hmm. doesn't happen. You know, it builds up slowly. Um, and then you're lucky if you kind of get on a couple of playlists or something like that. Um, and certainly the, the income is not there. And, and it certainly isn't there if, you, if you're going to follow the old kind of method of, of maybe like, you know, popping an album out every, every year or two years. And then you're looking you know, at me. To... <laughs> no, I'm just no you are. You're like, not. you're like, I was like, he's going to say pop an album out every two years. Cause that's what I do. Cause that's all I but do. That's what I, <laughs> no, that's what I do as well. That's what I do. And that's what, you know, this is maybe going off at a tangent, but this isn't an issue about being an independent musician trying to make a living because this is one of the things that comes back, you know, to me kind of changing musical direction. And like my new stuff is, is, is very different to my acoustic stuff. Um, and one of the, I planned that for a long, long time. But the reason I hadn't done that is because I just didn't have the time to do it because I'd fallen into that trap of, you know, I was really blessed before the pandemic. I was really blessed in that I was making a, a, a living from gigging, from doing shows, um, whether they were regular slots in like libraries or in like coffee houses or places like that, mm -hmm. or whether they were kind of more kind of one-off corporate type gigs, um, maybe at like, uh, like a family attraction or something like that, mm -hmm. um, or at festivals. I was, I was making a living from doing that. But the problem is that I find as an independent musician, you're always torn between gigging and playing and keeping your fans happy that way. And then being that creative person where you sit down, you get yourself in that kind of recording mindset. And I think that if you're, if you're doing that, it's very difficult to, you know, constantly be producing EPs and singles um which then come together as an album and that's what i found and before the pandemic I, i'm maybe i'm to blame for the pandemic because before the pandemic oh boy I, here we go i sat down and i i know <laughs> i wrote in my in my journal i did this like i started journaling when my son because i was a full-time dad up to that point so when my son started going to preschool i started journaling and um and i put that what i really wanted was more time i wanted more time to create and more time to record and then a few months later, all of my work got cancelled. <laughs> so, so I got what I wanted. I got what I wanted. It's, it's my fault. I wished for it and it happened. I think a lot of us had that feeling. A lot of us, pre, yeah. pre you know, a year ago, were like, wow, okay, so, all right, new decade. Here we go. This is the new, yeah. welcome to the 20s. And boy, my life is with kids and family and work and music and busy. I am too busy. And that suspicion in the back of my mind was, wow, I wish we could all just slow down and stop. Totally. But, yeah. uh, but then what, what do you, you know, well, what do you do with that when you stop? Because I think we're so, or at least my, I see in my life, so ingrained in that get up and go, accomplish yeah. and produce, consume, yeah, yeah, yeah. go to bed, yeah. you know, rinse and repeat the next day that mm -hmm. um emotionally 
you know, I wasn't really ready for the pause like that. Yeah. And from yeah, a creative yeah, yeah. standpoint, I found, I was like, okay, well, when the, when it started, I was like, this will be my chance to record my non-kid music. Because I have, okay, cool. you know, I got like 200 songs that I've written over the course of my life that have, yeah, yeah. that are not necessarily appropriate for kids. And I don't want to play for kids. But I haven't really spent the time to pursue that because I fell into the family gig kind of like you. You you know, I, it's this uh, uh, this beautiful addiction where the first time that I sat down in a small plastic chair to a four-year-old and said, baby, 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 what's a cow say? And their eyes lit up and they looked at me and they went, moo? And I was like, yeah. connection, that's cool. Exactly. And, then yeah. the, and then it got worse. The next time I walked into the room with my guitar and my cowboy hat and that same kid saw me and I was like Santa Claus to him. They were like, oh, they put down the crayons and they and they came over and they were yeah they were engaged, which from yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. from a creative process that's that's so awesome that that instant mm-hmm. feedback with kids and that mm-hmm. and that exchange that currency of I give you my craft and you give me this and we share this there's that relationship yeah. with kids that I get kind of hooked on, you know and so I don't play as many libraries or small gigs anymore we're mostly like events rock and roll stage yeah, yeah. so now mm-hmm. it's like 50 or 200 kids out there dancing and families kind of yeah. like oh and seeing you at the grocery store being like oh yeah we saw you at that family fest oh and you know feel like a rock star and yeah this, totally. this, this it's so um i think your positivity is starting to wear off on me already which is totally cool because <laughs> i'm suddenly happy again <laughs> i'm remembering how great it was to be a performing kids musician and i forgot and it, will last, like, and it will come back it will come back you think so yeah, I don't know when. Yeah. I don't know when. And you know, we um we had it over over here when we, we got the vaccine and and when the vaccine the, the news first broke, everyone was like, Oh, I'm gonna book all these shows and I'm gonna book extra dates for next year and, mm-hmm. and, and I remember thinking, Oh, I don't kinda know if that's gonna happen. I, I don't know what next year's gonna hold. I think the big thing over here will be so for uh, for me personally as 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 a as a kind of kind of kindy musician um the festivals over here are are, are a massive gig for me so the festivals mm-hmm. like like Glastonbury um and ones like that and I do I normally do quite a few of those in the summer and I think so while that's like the first one is probably like 6 7 months away mm-hmm. and I think when the first one of those maybe they come out and say it's not going ahead that's going to be that's going to be a, a bit of a moment where we have to kind of go okay but i've kind of i when it when it happened and we kind of got locked down as we call it over here i um i was all right i kind of I, i'd been saying in my regular shows for a while you know when because i kind of in Europe, it almost kind of like steadily moved from Italy across towards us. And um, and I've been saying to people at my shows, you know, as soon as as soon as we have to cancel, I'll cancel, but I'll just move it online. Mm-hmm. I said I'll just I'll just start streaming on Facebook, and that's what I did. And I and I've done. I'm I'm down now to two two live streams a week on Facebook. So mm-hmm. I do every Wednesday and every Saturday at, at 4 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And I do half an hour, like half an hour live show where people 
tune in on Facebook and they can request songs and they just watch me kind of singing in our tiny house with my son kind of going a bit crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and then if they want to make me a small donation at the end, they can do that via PayPal. So I started doing that as soon as the first week, the first week I was at home, I was like straight away. And at, at that time I was doing them at the same times as I used to do my, my live regular sessions. But I, I knew, I knew I wanted to do some recording as well. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was itching to do that. And a big thing for me is that, so my son is, um, my son is four and a half. So I, um, I, I've been a kind of a, an almost like a working dad for since since he was six months. So my, as I say, my wife's a scientist, so she went back to she works at the local university, and she went back to work when he was six months old. Mm -hmm. So I literally had him strapped on my front in a papoose with my acoustic guitar on my back, and would go off and sing at at, at cafes and wherever I was doing my shows. Um, so because of that. I'd had no time really to record. I think we recorded Along Came a Weasel, but that was different. We went into a, a studio mm -hmm. and did that. In, but up to that point, I'd recorded everything at, at myself at home. So I'd been itching. I'd been itching for to, to record. And I'd had this project where I was going to take, um, take the acoustic songs because my songwriting hadn't really changed from when I was like, you know, in my early 20s in a, in a kind of punk band I was still writing the same songs. They just happened to be about squirrels and hedgehogs and played on an acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I'm similar to you in that you were saying about you've got this kind of grown up, you know, adult music that you kind of want to record. And I'd always, I've always had that burning all the time I've been doing kids music. I've always kind of thought, you know, I miss, I miss playing an electric guitar, mm -hmm. like loud. And then I had this kind of, my second Eureka moment was when we played a festival um, called Green Man, which is a kind of, um, it, I think it started out kind of being quite folky, but now it's very much kind of like, kind of new, like kind of contemporary alternative music. And I've done that for a few years. They've got a, a, an area which is like a science and nature area. So because my songs are about animals, they booked me to play on this small kind of solar powered stage. Um, and it's great. They've got a good PA. They've got a sound guy. It's, it's nice. It's a nice setup. So I, I'd done that for a few years and I was doing, I had this booked in. My son was about three at the time. And I said, oh, let's look at who else is playing. And one of the bands were a band called Idols, who are like a post, very shouty post-punk band over here in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of their stuff is not kid appropriate, but we found, I looked online and we found that they'd done a show on KEXP. So I knew it would be like radio friendly. So we, we watched that together. And then when we were on our way, I was like, so my son's called Lorenny. I was like, so Lorenny, what are you really looking forward to at the festival? And he said, I really want to see idols. And I was like, oh man, like he's like three, maybe he's three and a half then. And he really wants to see the loud rock music. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really want to see the loud rock music as well. And I want to play. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to have that feeling of playing kind of loud, more rocky music as well. And I just thought, I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. going to do it. I'm going to take these songs that I've got and I'm just going to play them on a electric guitar. And mm -hmm. so that, that kind of led to this kind of spur off this year when I actually had the time to, to do that and to embark on that kind of stage of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. 
and I just kind of ran with it really took the opportunity and and made it happen did you were you able to pull together a band to back you with this uh or is just no so I'm like a real um I I kind of look at what's I like to think that I work efficiently but maybe I'm slightly lazy um and I and I like not having to rely too much on other people mm-hmm. so so I, I taught myself quite quickly how to use GarageBand mm-hmm. and the whole the whole EP so Furry Grunge Electro is my latest EP which is the more kind of rock like alternative rock kind of electro one um, that was all recorded on GarageBand on okay. an iPad on an, I've got quite a good um, I've got quite a good condenser microphone which I do do all the vocals with um, and the guitars are sometimes I use like GarageBand has has got amp um, like amp simulators built in. Uh-huh. I'll sometimes use, but I, I have a little amp and I quite like I quite like pedals, so I I um I I I did record the amp um, again with a condenser microphone, but it was all done on GarageBand and then it went away to a friend who is also locked down in another part of the country, um, and he mixed the mastered mixed the mastered it. Um, and that was it. So I didn't have to go anywhere. Oh. I didn't have to work with anyone else other than my wife who, who sings on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if, and this ties in for me, this ties in with the whole Spotify and the streaming thing. I can record a song in a day. I can send it to my friend. He can mix and master it and I can put it on DistroKid and have it distributed the next day. So that creative process, if you're doing things like that, is so so streamlined that the, the the distance between me and the listener is is you know is like nothing so it allows you to have that constant kind of like constant creative output and get your work out to people so this is i think the, the most recent track that i heard and i don't know if it's the most recent one that you've released was marsupial queen queen marsupial queen marsupial i'm sorry yes. and um yeah and uh, what I noticed about that, first off, whatever you're doing, if you're doing it with, well, we call it Garage Band. So I don't know where you, <laughs> well, I don't know this other application that you're talking about. I don't know this. Must be Garage Celsius or something. <laughs> I don't know. Metric. Um, uh, okay. If you're using that and you're using an iPad and some pedals and yeah. stuff, dude, you're getting some amazing sound. I mean, the so that- it's big, which, isn't it? It is big and it's quality. It yeah. sounds good. Chasing yeah. this, chasing the sound is something that I'm always trying to do. I'm trying to make my yeah, stuff, yeah. whatever I record, I want it to sound as good as, and this is dorky, but like as good as um, the first time I heard Michael Jackson uh, yeah. do Beat It, you know, on the radio. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, this just sounds really good as far as a sonic yeah. experience. Like I'm chasing yeah, yeah, yeah. that quality. And you've, um, yeah. if you're just doing it on an iPad, you've you've hit it. I mean, it's nice and rich, but of course that's that professional, if you have a mixer who's yeah. doing good mixing and, and the mastering yeah. on the back end, totally. that makes all the difference, yeah. so. It really does. And, and what makes a difference as well is the guy, so the guy who mixes and masters it, we were in a band together when we were in our early twenties. So the, fir- the first kind of like serious band I was in, so he played guitar and I played, I played bass and sang. Um, and we are very much kind of musically on the same page. Mm-hmm. And, and he has zero, zero knowledge of children's music or family music at all. 
mm-hmm. is completely out of, of our kind of world. And so he approaches it as just a song. And 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 I, like you were saying about, about having to, wanting to do adult stuff, I mm-hmm. kind of decided that I was going to keep the, I'm, I'm really, I'm really big on kind of content being age appropriate. Mm. So I, I completely believe that the content and the message and what you're putting out to children needs to be age appropriate. But in terms of music and musicality, um, you know, if I, if I put the Smashing Pumpkins on to my son, he, he digs it. He likes it. Yeah. Um, and you know, he probably digs it cause, cause I do. And he, uh-huh. and he feeds up my joy of that music. Um, but I wanted to, with th- with this EP and the other half of it, which is, it's going to be an LP next year when, when the other half is, is mixed and mastered. Um, I, I said to someone the other day that I can, I could pretty much hand on heart say that if I stopped doing kids music tomorrow and went back to doing completely adult stuff, um, it would, it would sound the same. Musically, it would sound the same. Mm-hmm. The songs might be, I don't know what the songs would be. I, I wouldn't even know. If I had to write a song for adults, I would not even, lyrically, I would not even know where to start. I'd start, I don't know. What do you write about? What would I write about for adults? I, how do you do that? I don't know. And that's why, like, I wrote, I've, I've written a few songs and we did a few singles this year during the the, um, the lockdown. And, and I wrote one song that was an adult song. And it was a song yeah. basically about isolation and being yeah. alone. It was it was really like, buh, you know, this is where we are, we're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing using my imagination of somebody who just, you know, got out of a relationship and they're alone. I went through yeah. that. And then when I listened back to it, I was like, oh, do I really still believe in relationship songs? Because I kind of yeah. want to write, write a song about, you know, how awesome it would be to be Aquaman. That seems like that would be more fun than, than writing about, you know, <laughs> sitting at the table until the coffee gets cold, wishing that she hadn't left. I know. <laughs> when I start, what do I even the, sing I, about that when I could sing about the joy of an octopus with three hearts? Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh, well, I was so, so when when I was in a punk band, and it was, it was kind of like a like an alt rock alt rock kind of punk band, and, and I say this is in my like early twenties. And we did all right. We certainly were, didn't reach the heights of, of any sort of fame or anything like that. But we did, we, we, we did, we toured and, you know, we, we got to play a lot and with some kind of cool people, um, all in the UK. But I, you know, at that time I was writing very kind of dark, angry, angsty, mm-hmm. you know, kind of late adolescent type music. And it got to a point in my life where I'd, you know, I was, I'd got, you know, me and my wife have been together since I, I was in my kind of early twenties and and we I was with her, we were probably on a beach somewhere. I was lying there, kind of getting a tan, which wasn't very, you know, I shouldn't have got a tan because I was supposed to look kind of pale and I had dyed black hair. Um and I remember thinking, I don't want to go and sing these angry songs anymore. You know, it's just not it's just not me. It's just not it's not where I'm at, you know, and I guess I kind of went, I kind of went full circle in my life and I had my like childhood and then I had my bit where I pretended to be an adult and then I kind of gone back to childhood Mm -hmm. and just gone, oh yeah, I was, I'm that kid who was like 10. I'm still pretty much that kid. It's just, I'm supposed to have some level of responsibility in my life. (laughs) Um, 
so it just for me i just i don't i wouldn't even know where to start if I had to write, I wrote a song, you know, like on the new EP, all of the songs, like the songs about like sharing your feelings. And this is one thing I said was that, you know, I wrote this song about um, how like the chorus goes, if you've got some feelings that are making you feel glum, those feelings are like clouds blocking out the sun. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. Share those feelings and you'll blow the clouds away. And, and I wrote that because my son came home from preschool and he had a bit of a rubbish day, but he didn't want to talk about it. So I wrote that song kind of for him to get that message across. And I remember thinking, this message is really applicable to kind of kids at school. And it's also really applicable, applicable to grown men who don't oh, yeah. share their feelings, you know? So, so I thought, actually, I just, this is, I'm just going to do what I do and i'm you know i'm gonna i'm gonna try and record stuff that musically i want to listen to mm -hmm. you know because I've, I've always said this oh it's music for kids and adults and i thought well me as an adult what do i want to listen to i want this is, i want to listen to electric guitars and drum machines and synthesizers so um and i just so i just put it all in put everything mm -hmm. in and it's a big sound because I'm, I'm quite phil specter right with even though i use an ipad in that i think like I send it to my friend to mix and he's like, why have you got 10 synth parts? And I'm like, cause I could. Because <laughs> so nine wasn't enough and 11 was just he's one like, too many. Yeah. He's like, you've got five guitar parts and they're all playing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, really cool, huh? Yeah. I know, put I know. in stereo and put some reverb on yeah. this one and some delay on that yeah. one. Yeah. Pan it, just pan it all out, pan it everywhere. And keep moving it. But, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. People say, well, what kind of music, when, I, when, I, when they hear that I'm a musician for children, they say, well, what kind of music do you do? And I'm like, well, it's kind of like a cross between Pink Floyd, Johnny Cash, and the Muppets. <laughs> you know, and if I could play guitar like Richard Thompson, I would. But I can't. So that's the mix. Do you, know who, um, do you know who Erasure? Do you know Erasure? No. They were like, they, Erasure were like an 80s um, dance group in the uk there were two guys um they were a bit like there was a razor and the pet shop boys who were at the same time so one guy would play would stand kind of very still and play a synthesizer and the uh -huh. other guy would kind of dance about um quite camp you know quite 80s electro and i said my new stuff is like nirvana meets erasure but they only sing about wombats <laughs> that's kind of where <laughs> That's Where really specific, and people will get that. It's like <laughs> it's a niche. Yeah, I found my niche. You found it. Oh, that's awesome. I want to. Um, I want to jump to a, a couple different topics. One. One of the things that's going on over here right now is that we're discovering. Evidently, much to our surprise, I say completely uh, sarcastically, that we have a problem with race relations in the United States, mm. and even in a genre as open as. Uh, children's music, kindy music, which is glorious. First off, the disclaimer is that mm -hmm. we have a great music scene for kindy musicians over here. Beautifully supportive. It's really cool. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. But then the Grammys roll out this year and there's no people of color and there's only one woman, you know. And and I'm a voting member of the Grammys. I just recently became a voting member. And... Uh, it's a big deal. It's a it's a problem that we, we we need to recognize over here. And so for you, I have I have a couple questions for you. First, 
what's your take on what we're doing over here? And then uh, what's what's going on over on on your side? And I'll let you answer the first one first. And then I want to kind mm-hmm. of explore what's going on in the in the second one. So I went oh, with the Grammys. I um I just didn't know how that happened. Mm. I was like, how how is this even? How did it happen? Like, you know, there was such good. You know, there's a couple of guys in particular who who should have should have been in in that. You know, in my in my mind, like Saul Paul should have been in there. Um, is it Pierce Freeland? Is it Pierce, Pierce Freeland mm-hmm, who did, mm-hmm. did? Yeah, who did DAD? Like, you know, he should have. I thought I thought he was going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, in the short, you know, the the Grammys five, um, and I was quite shocked. But then, you know, the reaction was quite. The reaction was good. The reaction was good from the people within the community and 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 the people who had been nominated mm-hmm. um also you know the fact that there was there was one there was only one female i know there was a lot you know there was, there was other people on the album but the fact that there was only one female you know one 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 fifth you know when you think of the the percentage of not only women who make up the population of the planet but the amount of women who are prevalent in you know children's music it was it was it was kind of shocking um but the response was good and i think sometimes it takes something like that to happen um but certainly you know you don't um you don't see i don't think even though that happened with with the grammys you don't see that disparity present maybe in on on radio so if you listen to, you know, Spare the Rock or, or you know, Radioactive Kids or something like that, mm-hmm. or you look at the guests that you have on, you certainly wouldn't make come to that same opinion that you would if you just looked at the Grammy shortlist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I don't know the workings because we have nothing like that over here. You know, there's no, there's, 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 there's nothing even similar. Right. Um, so I don't know what the, how it works, but surely someone saw that list and went, with the year we've had, you know, the the year you guys have had, and the year the year we've had, as as in the Western world, you know, with 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 the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, the changes that people have been encouraging, mm-hmm. how someone looked at that list and and didn't go, oh, I think we might need to, <laughs> might need to tweak this a bit, yeah, you know, I don't know how, I don't know what what the process is that it got to that point. Yeah, that's kind of the weird thing about that specific organization which is um, that it is, you know, because I voted, when I voted, I was like, okay, well, here's my, here are my votes. And I based it on, well, these are the best albums, in my opinion, of everything that I've heard. Yeah, yeah. And um, some of the people that I voted for ended up on the list. And then there were, there were some, like the, like uh, Pierce specifically, didn't Mm. end up on the list. Mm. And I was like, that just, that book just blows me away that somehow, mm. uh, um, that from, from a quality standpoint, it just didn't end up there because it was such a good album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I was curious to ask you to see, well, is this something that we're seeing that, that you're, you're a member of the, of our scene over here because, mm. but, but because you're active, uh, on social yeah. media and stuff, but then from a, from everyone I've talked to over in the UK and, and I appreciate you thinking, I, I, when I look back at the list of guests that I've had over the past year, it is lacking in people of color. 
right out of the gate. Like I, it's one of the things that I noticed that it's like, oh, I well, I can do a better job of inviting a, a, a more diverse group to talk to. Mm. Uh, part of that diversity is trying to find people who aren't from the United States like yourself. But everybody that I've talked yeah, yeah. to who aren't from the United States and they're all from the UK, we're also all white. Do you guys have, yeah. um, I know you don't have a real organized music scene over there like we do here, but, mm. but how is the balance over there? Are there other artists that you play with or know people of color, more women, things like that, that are coming out? Um, certainly women. There's the, in, in terms of gender, there's, 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 there's a great diversity in terms of gender. And if anything, I would say that the, the way the kind of family music scene is over here is it's more, it's less, um, kind of, kind of performers like me, mm-hmm. but there's, there's others, there's, you know, there's like Nick Cope and David Gibb and, 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 and like Johnny and people like that. Um, so there certainly is. Um, but the majority of, of music for young people is more built around, um, like kind of early years, almost like music clubs where it's it's run by someone and they're all franchises the majority of them are franchises hmm. so you go and there's the, and, and a lot of the music will be played on a like on a, a cd player um and then they'll do a little bit of playtime with instruments and things like that and the songs are quite generic mm-hmm. and this and it's, so it's not really it's, it's completely different from what you know what you guys do what what we guys do um but that is um that's very female-led that kind of world, without a doubt. What's weird is that the people who are doing more kind of kindy stuff, like the, the people I listed, or like Kid Carpet is another one. Um, we're all guys, and um, shockingly, we're all white. Yeah. Um, now, I I grew up. So I grew up in in the Midlands, uh, so the middle of the country. Um, in a city called Wolverhampton, which is very, very diverse. So my, my school was 50% white. In my class was 50% white, 50% Asian and black kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and that, was, that was the world as I knew it. And then we lived, uh, me and my wife lived in Liverpool for a bit, which is also less diverse, but still pretty diverse. And then we lived in Bristol, the, another city in the UK, which again is incredibly diverse. And the music that I was doing when I lived in Bristol was, was heavily influenced by diversity. Um, so I was doing a lot of drumming. I was doing a lot of samba drumming, a lot of Colombian drumming. Um, and through that, I ended up working with um, a lot of organizations that I still work with now, but as pocket drum doing family music. But it is a massive, it's a massive issue um, over here my demographic so if you look at my demographic a a friend said to me who runs a preschool and i this is in exeter where i live and they have they have a very um diverse group of of children um from uh, from ethnic backgrounds in the preschool Uh, not so much black and asian but a lot of um like eastern european um a lot a lot of kind of polish immigrant children go um to the preschool so we sent our son Lorenny to that preschool specifically with that in mind, mm-hmm. because we knew that if we send him to the local preschool, it's very white, rural kind of Devon. So we sent him to that one a little bit further away. So we had that he had that mix. But my my friend who runs it said that when she would talk to the children about me, 
she knew what families came to my shows and listened to my music. And it was all the white middle class families. Mm -hmm. And it's a massive thing trying to connect with children and families who aren't white and aren't British. Mm. And I, you know, I did, I did a show yesterday for um, the city that I used to live in, Bristol. They, they have quite a large refugee community. Mm. So I did a, a, a kind of a Zoom for them, like a Christmas kind of thing. And that was, all, all of those families were from Eritrea or, or North Africa or places like that. And I try and do as, as much of that as I can. And I've certainly come across other facilitators and, and performers, particularly through festivals, because we've got fest we've got like WOMAD Festival over here, which is specifically, you know, around di- music and dance and diversity. Mm-hmm. And through doing things like that, I meet loads of people who are um, kind of really positive kind of role models, whether it's through music or theatre, w- from the kind of Black and Asian community. And they're certainly there, but maybe not kind of like what you would look as as kindy artists you know like the people you've got you know like Saul Paul like people like that mm-hmm. there aren't but then ask but it's so the scene is so small over here you know it's so it's so so tiny that you know it it there certainly doesn't appear to be any diversity within the scene over here but then um it's so small I think it would be wrong to view that as as a problem what i view as a problem is is the, the people who come to my shows no, I don't <laughs> and that's the so part that you want to edit out <laughs> I, what i find a problem is those people who come and give me money to listen to my songs what the problem is the problem is the you know that demographic who comes that i find it very hard to expand my demographic and i'm quite comfortable in saying that i am I'm active in trying to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I put, a, I put a video out this year for, for um, my song about slow worm. And, and I asked children to send in um, videos of themselves dancing around to the song that I could then montage together mm-hmm. in a typical kind of lockdown-y type video. And, um, and I, couldn't get, I couldn't get anyone who was black or Asian. And I approached, I, I contacted friends Mm-hmm. And I was like, I cannot put this out. This is like, it, it's, it, I was like, this is like whiter than Bing Cosby's Christmas. You know, mm-hmm. I can't, it's, I need to, and I actively tried to correct that. And I, and I, I pretty much failed, you know, because, and I think, but you, you, we just have to do what we can do and we have to keep trying and we have to put ourselves out there and we have to try and raise the voices of those, whether it's the voices of women or whether it's, you know, the voices of kind of um, black and Asian community, because we have a massive Asian um, community over here. Um, you know, and we have to kind of keep doing that. And I think that's that's all you can do. And when, when cock-ups happen like the Grammys, you know, you just have to take it on the chin and make it better. Mm-hmm. And it appears that that's kind of happening, I think. Well, I think we'll see because it's within the community. I think that the artists say this is unacceptable because it doesn't actually represent mm-hmm. what's actually happening in the creative community. 
and that's mm. kind of that's kind of the difference. I think um, there was, and there so that's that's part of it is that well no, but you have these great artists who are doing these things and they aren't getting any recognition. So that's one thing that's wrong. The other thing that's wrong is that when they did a they looked at the statistics as far as you know who submitted these albums, and it was like like twenty percent of the artists were people of color who submitted in this in this genre. And it's like, well, that's not yeah. right. Yeah. That, you know, because 50% of the children are of, you know, yeah. of, of uh, are not white. And so mm-hmm. why are, why are, is, why are they underrepresented? Why are the kids underrepresented? Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. so we need to support artists and different genres. We need to step out, you know, I think, you know, when I talked to, to Skidoo, 23 Skidoo about being, um, just and not even about being a person of he's not a person of color but but about the genre of hip hop and people are like mm, no hip hop for kids is bad mm. i can't do hip hop because i don't know how to write it i was i didn't i didn't yeah. grow up listening to it it's not where i my creative energy would it would be a mockery if i tried to do it it would be you know mm. a, a gag if i tried to do it because i have no idea how to do it well yeah 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 and i'm okay with that but there's a lot of really great hip hop music out there that needs to yeah. be recognized for kids. So how mm. do we support those musicians? Like, how do you lift other artists? I certainly think that that genre-wise, and that's something that is definitely prevalent over here as well. So I've like my new stuff. I we only have like a couple of radio stations over here. Mm. Um, one which is quite new and 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 they're not they're nothing like they're nothing like you know saturday morning cereal bowl or or, or, or something the small kind of independent stations that you've got you know they're quite comfortable playing the theme tune to um paw patrol or something like that you know <laughs> um so they're not they're not playing they're not playing independent kind of kindy artists but they play they but i've had a little bit of play on there but when i sent them my new stuff which you know it's a little bit louder and it's a bit distorted and it's um they came back to me and they said oh it's great yeah we really love the song but could you send us like an acoustic version that's a bit more like folky mm-hmm. i was like no no i can't do that you know it's it's because this is what i want to do and this is what i feel true this is like you said you be true to yourself you know um but i think that certainly and again this is something that because i i over the kind of course of lockdown, because I got talking to, to Twinkle Time um, quite a bit, and um, she's someone who I've kind of got friends with and, and, and bounced stuff off a couple of times. And we've both kind of talked about that quite a lot, how there is this disparity in terms of, of um, you know, this kind of race demographic, but then also perhaps stylistically in terms of genre, there's a... a a kind of fear of things. I mean, you look at, you you know, you look at Cuckoo Kangaroo, mm-hmm. who are huge, huge, you know, in terms of social media, they, I, I don't know if they're the biggest, but they certainly dwarf a lot of people. Um, and I know they get, you know, they get airplay on like the independent stations. And I, I don't think they had, they probably didn't have, I don't think they had an album out last year to submit, but certainly they, it doesn't appear, appear that they are maybe given that recognition mm-hmm. 
in, in not in terms of like people because as i say they're they're massive they're huge you know their youtube is is ridiculous um as it should be because they because they're awesome um but certainly they don't you know they're not they're not kind of acoustic they're not kind of folky they're not so much in that kind of you know maybe like what it, what has become mainstream kind of like family stuff mm-hmm. um and i think it's true it's true about hip-hop and and i think it needs to be more represented definitely when i started on this journey um i had this moment where i did i did a show this is super early days i did a show and it didn't go very well and the kids weren't they were really little tiny kids they weren't really engaged i i, I found it really tough and i remember thinking because over here so many people do these kind of music workshops where they sing a bubble song and they get bubbles out or they sing a feather song and they get feathers out Mm -hmm. and the kids have always got something tactile to kind of hold and play and people use puppets and things like that and I was like maybe maybe this just doesn't work like me with a guitar and I I went home and I I remembered I did a bit of googling and I discovered Rafi and Rafi's not he's not like a huge he's not a a big he's a big deal over here to the people who know him but he's not like you know, you don't grow up listening to Rafi like you perhaps do mm-hmm. in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw him and I was like, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a guy with an acoustic guitar and I'm going to entertain all of these kids who sit at home watching bright flashing colors on the telly and I'm going to win them over. And, and that's what I did for, for a while. Um, and, but then for me i kind of just got to a point where like kind of stylistically i wanted to branch away from that and also i realized that it's kind of white noise because there's so many people doing it mm-hmm. um and and i i wanted to be different you know a lot of my songs are about being different and i and i am different you know i don't i listen you know i like you hear a lot of people who who make kids music and they say who influences them but mm-hmm. the people who influence me are you know the pixies and sonic youth and you know my bloody valentine and, and loud you know kind of music mm-hmm. and so i thought you know you've got to be you've got to be true to yourself but i think this but i love i love that i love that singer songwriter stuff and i love folk music and i love you know i i love joan Baez and 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 stuff like that i i could listen to that all day long as well um and i think you know it's good to have this this multifaceted you know sphere of influence but i think for me as as an artist within the the genre i i felt that i could i could i could be a bit different doing that and i would feel and i felt like it it would be truer to me um but i just think i just think any diversity is good and i think you know like uh, like someone like Kuka Kangaroo, you know, they, they, you can be, exist within a scene and be completely different, but still see, you know, the validity in them or in like, you know, Saul Paul or Twinkle Time, mm-hmm. you know, or you or me, completely, completely different musical genres within the family friendly sphere. Mm-hmm but but all equally valid and and should all equally have a place really you don't see that diversity reflected uh, not really it's it's so it's a it's a pickle i think 
and it um I think that it's I think that it could change. It depends I guess it depends on who we listen to. If the goal is to get a Grammy, it appears that there's one path. If the goal is to get onto Sirius XM Kids Place Live, there's one path. I don't know what that path is. <laughs> I've never been. They don't play my stuff. Uh but there's evidently there is a path to that because they, you know, they're 24/7 they're they're doing programming. Um you know, the most genuine out there, I think, is radioactive kids like Sagan. You send it to oh. him and he'll play it. Yeah. And to me, that's the it. that's the that's what I like to see. I like that yeah. feeling as opposed to, yeah. well, we only play this, we only play that. What's yeah. gonna what's gonna happen to your scene over there? So so what's gonna happen with you coming into this next year? Um, and then what's what are you doing? Do you feel because I know I talked to David Gibb. And he's like, if I had the energy, I would build a kindy scene over here. But yeah. I don't. And boy, I wish somebody would. And everybody yeah. I talk to over there kind of says, we're ripe for this revolution, for this American invasion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy that there isn't the, um, you know, it, that there, there isn't that representation of either a scene or that there isn't the knowledge of of kind of what you guys are doing over there over here um and i think that with with the festivals i could imagine a whole host of of kindy artists from the states coming over playing the festival scene as we have it in the uk because we have like kids areas and festivals are massive you know mm -hmm. most of them now have a stage with a decent pa or there's other like like with me, I, I play other smaller stages within the festival, um, but there's certainly a scene there. It's really hard over here because there are people, you know, like the pe like the people you've mentioned. Um, we don't really. It's difficult because it's such a small scene, and and everyone is trying to make their own way within it, um, and everyone's trying to kind of forge their own path um and everyone's trying to seek you know success in, in different ways um it would be nice it, it would be nice if like there was more independent radio it would be nice to you know if the world wasn't the way it is you know hopefully when all this is over even though we're quite different it'd be nice if we like some of us maybe did you know gigs in other people's towns and then you know that like, that's what i used to do when i was in in a, a you know a grown-up band you'd go and play in London and support a London band and then they'd come and play in Birmingham and support you in Birmingham and mm -hmm. vice versa and then you play to each other's audiences and try and build a scene like that and it'd be nice that if that could happen after all this is over I think there's certainly something to be said for it because at the minute I set up a Facebook group I did, I did this um this week I set up a Facebook group um for kindy trying to do the equivalent of kindycom uh the kindycom facebook group that is in the states but try and set something up over here mm -hmm. um so far there's one member which is me but i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to track people down i've invited leah i've invited liam malloy i think uh -huh. it's liam malloy isn't it yeah um and i'm going to try and get in touch with some of the others because i think it's good to have that dialogue and i think there isn't there is maybe a risk that we're a little bit protective of our own mm. um of, our, of trying to trying to forge a place for ourselves um and are a bit scared because it's it's just, it's england is not 
you know, it's not super big. And when there isn't a scene, everyone, when there isn't a scene, everyone kind of almost, it's this thing of when people go, oh, it's such a shame there's not a scene. And there's just me trying to do my thing. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> if, truth be told, there's other people, there's other people doing it. It's just, we don't talk to each other. <laughs> and, um, you know, but it'd be nice if after this, um, certainly at the festivals, there's loads of opportunities at the festivals for people to be playing together. You know, and you can only, you can only do it when you're doing family friendly stuff. You can only do like a 30 minute set. So it's much better if you've got other people playing at the same time and then it becomes more of an event. Mm -hmm. But into next year, I mean, I'm going to, I've recorded, so I put out five tracks last year and I did four videos um, to accompany four of those tracks. And that made up the first EP of um, the kind of fuzzy electro style that, that that i'm doing moving forward and then i've recorded another five tracks which are being mixed and mastered the first one of which was queen marsupial which came out a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. and those five and the original five are going to go together on an lp an actual vinyl lp um which i'm gonna gonna put out and i've got a friend who's kind of working as kind of executive producer on that who i used to work with in a in the kind of grown-up music guys so he's um he's gonna try and get that out and then you know what will happen gig wise i don't know it's all it but for me it's it's all about social media at the minute mm -hmm. just keep i keep my live streams going keep trying to make videos keep trying to put content out whether it's whether it's music or um just general kind of social media stuff i think that's that's all we can do for the meantime and just kind kind of try and keep keep our place in the mm -hmm. world you know kind of kind keep of our place in the world yeah exactly amongst all the madness wow uh well um sincerely good luck with you know with the hold fast with on with with doing that uh i love the idea that you've tried to start that you you're you're launching some sort of kindycom thing over there and my my immediate like <laughs> i was immediately like oh can i join just to like watch just to like see what's going on just to kind of you know no i can't because that's your thing oh man but we're all we're all pretty much most i think most the uh, a lot of the uk guys now are aware of kindycom and are um and post their stuff in there um you know i'll tell you i'll tell you everything that's going on okay. i'll be like your mole could you I'd, that would be great because right. i need to because like uh, i'm uh, my next uh, my next objective for this podcast is to uh invade europe and find somebody you know because i guess evidently there's a kid's station in sweden there's a guy who's doing some great stuff in sweden and germany germany is oh germany place. too germany yeah yeah germany's got a big 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 scene in germany huh. but there's but there's the language barrier there of course with yeah. um they they sing in german <laughs> which which oh, we dang. which we which I, I don't which is slightly unfortunate um nope. you know yeah. we we british think the whole world should speak english and, so <laughs> <laughs> and we americans we think the whole world does speak english yeah. <laughs> that's the difference there <laughs> but that's but definitely you know i think the the world um i would like to see that happen you know and i would mm -hmm. like to see you know it's it's hard financially you know to sort to 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 make kind of tours work and things like that but i think if bands could get over here um and you know maybe do 
uh, you know, like like David Gibb did, you know, maybe do shows with artists over here, mm-hmm. you know, make that work and get. I think if you if you made the the leap to come over, there's definitely people would appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, I'm totally excited about that idea. I love. I'm mm. I'm a big fan of of travel for my family, and so the idea yeah. of tra- of of doing uh, music with travel which I guess you'd call a tour <laughs> is really exciting to me. So whenever you want to make it happen, let's make it happen, Captain. I'm all, about, right. I'm all about that. Hey, Poco, I'm think I'm so grateful for, uh, for taking the time. I know it's late there and dark and cold. And there's so many things about your personal life that I, um, I really respect and I think it's great. And I encourage people. We didn't, we didn't get into that stuff. Uh, but you have a fantastic blog you talk about your life and your family and um, everything like that, which is just totally cool. And so I encourage anybody to go and find you. And this is, we're going to play one uh, track. I think we're going to play that um, marsupial, queen marsupial, marsupial queen. I'm not going to get it right. Queen marsupial. Queen marsupial. So if, people look on, um, if, if people look on Instagram, I, I share a lot of my, my crazy life, my off-grid tiny house life instagram is the best place to go for that so if you but you just search poco drum um poco drum on instagram or youtube uh, facebook if you go facebook.com forward slash world of poco drum mm. um you know that's the best way to uh keep up to date we'll save that for the next time anyway fair enough yeah because i want to do this yeah. again i want to do the um i want to revisit this conversation to talk about um how it's how it's going with vinyl that's cool that yeah, I'm not sure that. how that's. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to go. We'll see uh, how that works out. <laughs> right. How would you introduce this song then? Your latest release. What? What's? Other than the things that you've already said about it, what's what's the what's the heart of this one for you? Um, this is this is literally. This is just a feel good song, that tries to just encourage people to bounce around. So it is totally about the message is just bounce around, have fun, be happy, be positive, jump up and down, um, just enjoy yourself. And that is totally what this is about.
Okay, so a uh, question for you. When you get back in front of a live crowd, are you going to perform the song that way? Do you have you th- are you going to do like backing tracks and get up there with your yeah. guitar and, and just be like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. here we go. Yeah? Yeah, we're going to rock out. Yeah, so there's going to be there's going to be a backing track um a um an an electric guitars and probably some sort of kind of light show lots going on i want it to be i want it to be be big but then in contrast to that i'm still going to do my acoustic stuff so um i'm still going to rock up in cafes and sing songs to little people like that um you know and i think and hopefully the world can accept me doing both but definitely the bit there's going to be a big show there's going to be a big show planned with just fuzzy guitars and, and drum beats and flashing lights and stuff. Oh, nice. Well, if you everything but the flashing lights, uh, we don't have a light set over here, but do you ever come over to Montana? If we ever get close, yeah. uh, my backing band, the Salamanders are at your disposal because we, we do Amazing. big, we do big music too. We do big, get big guitars. I got a Fender Definitely. twin. That's just like, so you are always welcome to jam, man. Lush. We'll do it. Thanks for your time, bud. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What a conversation with a new friend who lives in a different country. Yep, that's Pocotron over there doing his animal sounds. Actually, his animal sounds thing is so cool. It reminds me a little bit of my friends here in Missoula, the uh, Whiz Pops. They do uh, songs about endangered species, and Poco over there is doing songs about potentially unendangered species. Although lately it seems like everything's an endangered species, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <sighs> okay, so um, love that conversation. Hey, if you want to be on the Barton Banter, why don't you drop me a line? Uh, email me at fun at cowboyandy.com and we'll set something up. I have a few more of these interviews coming out. I'll probably do every other week for a while. I was doing every week and it was a lot. If there's any topics that you'd like to talk about, love to hear some suggestions, share with your friends. Oh my gosh, here comes the theme song again. (gasps) Be well, wear a mask, and keep on being. Kind for yourself today. Go be kind. We all like to be hugged and loved, tucked in our beds at night. Tall or small, boy or girl, brown, pink or black or white. Ho, 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 let's sing a song about how we're all the same. How we all like snacks and cuddles and we all like playing games. We all like to be hugged and loved, tucked in our beds at night. Tall or small, boy or girl, 